damn, I kind of forgot how to get... <laughs> All right, here we go. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tonight's Special. I know it's been a while. It's been about a year since the last episode dropped. Maybe a little over the year. Who knows? I, I, I lost track, but a lot has happened within the year, and I am so sorry. I haven't been as active as I want to be on this, but now things are a little different. There's so much going on, and I can't wait to share it all with you. You know, um, to get to it, on this episode, we have Jorge Benitez. Jorge Benitez is one of the partners and owners of Grisworks, uh, previously known as Local Group Brewing, and pre previously he was at Holler Brewing. Uh, some of you may know him here in Houston, some of you don't, but get to know him a little bit more on this episode. We talk about uh, a little bit of his background, a little bit of what he's been doing for the past few years and where we're at now. And the things, the things that we're working on, the changes that we're making, um, and just, you know, everything that we have going on for us right now. Uh, I also want to let you know that besides this episode, we're dropping two more episodes that we recorded pre in previous months. Uh, one with uh, Josh Bearden, who was with me at Night Shift, a very, very good friend, a person who I consider now a brother. And I'll be dropping another episode also as well with these two to make it a total of three. And that episode is with Patrick Abelos and Eli Ventura. I have been wanting to get Patrick in here and record for a long time. And we finally were able to do it. And Elio was here with us to join us in the conversation. So um, check that one out as well. Check out all the episodes. Show love to all these guys and follow them on social media. And let's get things going, okay? Uh, also, I just want to say... In the next couple of weeks, I'll be dropping some like small episodes of things that are going on with me right now with Christina and I, and just want to be able to share that with you all. So uh, stay tuned, subscribe, whatever it is you do nowadays, and uh, check this episode out. Let's drop it. Let's go. Ah. What you coming, nigga? The army is doing something about the weather. Ah, yeah, I'm back, nigga. Yeah, I'm back, nigga. Fuck niggas is talking about. Fuck all that who the best shit. This and that. Y'all know what the fuck it is with me. Ah, the butcher coming, nigga. Yo, last year was about branding. This one about expanding. Do you know how the podcast starts now or no? Uh, I've heard it. You've heard it? Mm -hmm. So you know how it starts then? Uh, with like a couple of questions. It's five random questions. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what did you eat for lunch today? Uh, let's see. Today, um, actually, I caught lunch really late. So I had some leftover pizza that I heated up, uh, scrambled some eggs, threw some ham in that, and then I had some... Uh, some rosemary potatoes that I was feeding uh, Melina this past weekend, so I just mashed it up, heated it up, and just kind of just leftovers was for lunch. Is that, is that like the thing now, uh, being a dad, where you're like, I just have your baby's leftovers, that's it? Like, um, Well, typically it's like I'm cooking for her stuff that I want to eat, so it's <laughs> like I, I cook with me in mind. And, Sucker them in. <laughs> and she just gets to eat, you know, good food. All the time. That's which, good. That's good. Which is, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be one of our languages is, you know, it's well, for me, it's like very much focusing on the meals and the importance of, of a meal. Okay. Uh, what are some of your favorite foods? Uh, so growing up Mexican, like I obviously love like the real traditional dishes. Uh, thinking about, you know, the ones that hit my soul is going to be like tamales coming around Christmas time, pozole. Uh, grew up eating barbacoa on Sundays. Uh, you know, those family nights where we would be doing like uh, taqueria del sol, so we'd be getting like gorditas with some fajita, and you know, they would also have the tacos de barbacoa on the weekends as well. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that I grew up and like I really enjoy, and like I you know hold all those memories with like every time I eat it. Uh, but other than that, like I love pizza. Like that's one of my big things. Is I. I do want to get a pizza slice tattoo at some point. Okay, um, I've always I've always wanted a pizza tattoo. Also, mm -hmm. uh, just it's one of my favorite things as well. Mm -hmm. I never thought I was gonna come back to it like I am now, but mm -hmm. it's cool. Um, and then just, I love desserts as well, like uh, tres leches, 
German chocolate cake, you know, uh-huh. just chocolate stuff most of the time as well, too. Uh, what what was some of your, uh, you know, growing up, you know, how you hear your parents playing music in the household and stuff. Mm-hmm. What are some of those songs that you feel like trigger a memory of like your mom cleaning or making breakfast or whatever while you're at home uh, on a weekend, on a Saturday or something? Growing sure. Up? I mean, with, when I think about my mom, I think about the car rides to school. And that's always like listening to like the Recuerdo station. So it's all these like old kind of. <laughs> my dad know, used to listen to that, too old kind of just uh i don't know if you'd call them ballads or you know just love songs man it was all love songs yeah mostly yeah Yeah. um i I guess the ones that stick out are just more of the depressing ones you know but (laughs) the uh, ones you're like man come on man i'm trying to have fun right now (laughs) that's kind of like why it's like it was was a thing where it's like i was going into school and you know we'd be listening to this and it's like every day it's the same station i'm just like man this is not the way to go to school (laughs) you know sometimes listening to pepito in the morning yeah just (laughs) Yeah, and um, and then after that, then you know, when I think about my dad, it's like I think about like Carlos Santana, and um, you know, he'd always have like a nice mix of everything that he was listening to. So like the Mighty Mighty Dubcats, like uh, you know that song, uh, I ring king king king, I ring king king. Uh, it's like I think it's called like um, well, I'd have to remember the name, but it's just like a random mix of all kinds of genres okay. with my dad. Um, but just kind of like. It was always like kind of like a club feel to what he liked as well. I remember he had his old like Rigo Tobar kind of things like that, or what? I mean, just all over the place. Like okay. he'd listen to English music, Spanish music. Uh, he had the whole stereo setup as well. Okay. So it's like you know the glass with the magnetic <laughs> sealed doors, <laughs> the, the wood panels, yeah, and the wood panels, <laughs> the uh, the really smooth knobs on like. Yeah, they were so smooth. Yeah. Now they have like some strength mm-hmm. to it on a know? Japanese like system, man, with the <laughs> yeah. huge tower speakers, the Sony's, and mm-hmm. and what is it? Uh. uh not not uh, Yamaha. Not, yeah, not Yamaha, but there was a uh, Toshiba. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh. cool, man. During the and then like um I mean so he, you know since I was born he pretty much was working at a pawn shop my entire life up until like 25. So uh we always had our hands on on really good quality, you know, stereo systems and you know he was upgrading them every like 5 to 10 years and I just always remember the quality of like the sound that we'd be listening to. It's like I I could tell whenever I was like at a store and it was like a really cheap stereo system or something <laughs> playing and yeah and uh, I remember like you know seeing my brother's stereo systems growing up as well. It's like he had his little boombox yeah. one with like the lights in the speakers yeah. and all that and like now the that I think about equalizer it, that has the lights oh going hell up and yeah down. man the equalizer <laughs> was the coolest part man uh, that three disc you know the three train. disc the the changer yeah. the two cassettes in the front uh that was a shit and then like the one little auxiliary in the front that nobody even knew what to use with it was yeah. just like what the hell is that little thing for you know is it for headphones you already it, got I mean, speakers I, you yeah know? but well, people like, would think that like, right it was like yeah you could definitely fit the headphone jack into it but it just it didn't make sense and uh nowadays it's like one of the more useful ones i yeah. think <laughs> the the thing that people didn't use the most then now they use it the most mm-hmm. yeah um what were some of your, you know, role models growing up, man? Some some of the, the people that you were like, man, I look up to or listen to. Uh, you know, uh, first, definitely off the top of my head, my brother. Like, just spent a lot of time with him growing up. Uh, a lot of memories, like, you know, riding in the car. I mean, he had this old uh, 66 Dodge Dart. And so, uh, you know, we'd be hanging out and just driving that one around, like, as we were fixing it up. And had this, like, kind of cool candy blue uh color to it and just like listening to all the music mom wouldn't let us you know listen to so um just always having a good time with him um that those are very fond memories for me uh my father and and like you know kind of just being able to see him and i i worked for him for three years you know from when i was like 18 to 21 and kind of seeing how people like would go to him all the time asking for him and just kind of uh, the way he connected with the community and um that to me always you know sent a really good message to me and i take on i try to you know emulate a lot of that um my mother as well like always working you know it's it's never never a time where it's like i ever remember my mom sitting on the couch and like watching tv on this it's all of us as a family and she was just always up to something um and then my sister just always always there there for me and uh just kind of just always been my family are you the middle child i'm the youngest oh the youngest yeah. same here in my family man yeah Wow, your sister looks much younger, man. Yeah, no, yeah. she's uh, she's. Don't throw her age out there. I don't know. Nah, she's uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's the Shakira water or the Beyonce water, where it's like you're just not gonna look your age. But uh, yeah, I don't know where she's getting her water from. <laughs> it must be the shampoo, man. It must be the shampoo. 
So, uh, you know, we've we've gone through the questions uh, from the intro. Introduce yourself. Let people know who you are. And, and uh, just a quick little brief of like, you know, this is Jorge. So. Sure. Yeah. So my name is uh, Jorge Luis Benitez, born and raised here in Houston. I've uh, been here pretty much my entire life except for like a year. Um, currently in the what well, used to be the brewing industry, but now it's like, no, definitely bar restaurant industry. <laughs> with the brewery um very excited with this new opportunity that taking on and um yeah first and foremost i'm i'm a worker that provide for my family and uh yeah just really focused on the end goal and trying to just enjoy life every day at a time let's let's touch on that a little bit uh, you know uh i know you mentioned melina let, let's you know that's your how old is she now uh 11 months yeah a month old baby she is uh We'll lie for sure. <laughs> She's pretty amazing, and uh, that's that's an understatement as well. That's awesome, man. Um, so how did you get involved with you know the uh, the beer industry? I know you and I and I have talked about it, but you know, just giving people a little bit of a, an understanding of, of your background. What how did you get into it, and and why have you stuck around this long? You know, you, did you find a passion behind it? What was it? Sure. Um, it kind of all started like right when the whole brewery scene was opening up back in like 2013 here in Houston. Um, I remember going to St. Arnold with a couple of group of friends from college. And uh, I remember my gateway beer, which is like the first craft beer that you remember that you kind of just taste. And you're like, wow, it's it's kind of eye opening that you've never really considered that beer aisle section, you know, and just really kind of you see IPAs and stuff. and You're kind of just put off and you're just like, man, I, I don't really care for this kind of stuff, but. Uh, this one was a, I think, a coffee brown from St. Arnold. It was their Icon Blue Series, and they used to have a different kind of, like, um, they would use the Icon. They'd have four colors, blue, yellow, green, and yeah. red. And then I think with the blue, they always went for, like, a darker stout kind of beer. Uh, the reds were always kind of, like, malt forward. The yellows were more, like, Belgian sweets or any kind of variant like that. And I think the greens were, like, the hoppy stuff. Um, so this one was an icon blue at the time. I remember having it and, um, I thought it was delicious and I had never had a beer or anything like that before. Um, and it just stuck with me. And I just, after that, I wanted to try multiple different beers from all over the place. And, um, that was back in 2013. And, uh, at that, at that point I was still working corporate America. Um, I was doing HR for a wind farm developer that was based out of Portugal that had a another kind of uh, headquarters from Spain, which we were a subsidiary of, and we were kind of running the North American branch here in Houston. So um, dealing with, you know, corporate headaches and just answering to the man and just really not enjoying life at that point, um, I decided to use my degree, use my, um, I guess, the field of work that I was in and use that as an opportunity to, like, go see another city you know go live somewhere else and uh, just venture out and and a lot of it too was inspiration from my parents you know they moved here from mexico like what part uh, my mom from puebla my dad from acapulco okay. um but they moved here and they they met working at red lobster so with the i actually thought about it the other day i was like man so my roots are in restaurants like it's yeah. yeah i didn't really uh put two and two together but um like again it's like oh my parents have always been a big inspiration for me and uh so they moved didn't have a plan didn't have a single dollar in their name came over here to this side you know met each other working at red lobster and that's kind of like where that whole thing starts um and when i was thinking about it i was like if i move to another city i was like i'm pretty much moving just by myself i'm not going to go anywhere that i know anyone and I'm going to try to make a name for myself. And uh, it just ended up being that, you know, Chicago was the one place I got a job offer in. And uh, it's, that's where I decided to go. So I lived out there. And then after one year, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back home. Uh, it was really expensive. Uh, it wasn't so much the weather. I, I enjoyed the cold weather. Uh, they did say it was like a mild winter. So it didn't really snow that much. Um, but I had a great time. I met some great people out there. Um but yeah, it was it was just really expensive, and I I took a pay cut to go up there. Is it as wild as people say it is? Or? It's it's a fun city. Uh, there's a lot of culture there as far as like bar culture, like that's that's the one thing I took away from it, and uh, kind of opened up my eyes too. Because like as you know, I was getting into craft beer, and I went to other breweries, and I lived in an area where there was like a lot of them 
kind of condensed. Uh, I was able to see a lot. And, um, yeah, I noticed that the bar culture was one thing. Uh, the sports bar culture was another thing. You have your neighborhoods and then the breweries as well. Like, they were all very different. Um, and I took inspiration from that. So, you know, that was that one year while I was there. You know, I was working. And that was what I did on my off time was, you know, hang out with friends, go to breweries, go eat these places and drink these places. And so when I came when I came back, um, yeah, I was like, all right, there's not so much of that here. And at that point, I already knew I didn't want to do HR anymore. Um, so uh, I was looking for jobs. I was looking for breweries that were opening up. Uh, I just wanted to at least put dip my toes in it, see if something would come out. Uh, I did apply for an HR job at a brewery. That didn't happen, which in hindsight is probably the, the best thing that did happen was that I didn't do that right away. Um, so then I was like, well, there's plenty of tap room jobs. So uh, from the mall, I, I uh, picked St. Arnold. I, you know, I figured that if they're the oldest craft brewery in Texas, it's for some kinds of reasons. And why would I go, if I really just want to learn, why would I go anywhere else other than a place that's established, a place that people already go to, a place where I have a memory at. I was like, it sounds like, you know, the right first step. So went in and bartended and it kind of just all got self-written from there. You know, it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. I remember when I, w- I had just turned 21, uh, I started, you know, I, I was introduced into the craft beer industry then uh, through a friend of mine, uh, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Bravo, shouts out to him. Uh, he he started teaching me about like craft beer because he knew a guy at the time who worked around the uh, what's it called Flying Saucer in downtown. Mm. And uh, and one day he invited me. And he's like, "Hey man, let's go check out this you know place. They have these like cool beers that you never had." I'm like, "Beer? Like I wasn't really into it like that." But the beers he introduced me to were um, uh, the uh, Wells Banana Bread beer. And then uh, the uh, Sam Samuel Smith's uh, organic st- the chocolate stout. Those were the first two beers that I had that I was like, oh man, these are pretty cool. Yeah. You know? uh, and then uh, during that time, I remember I was like, I want to apply at St. Arnold's to kind of like maybe mm-hmm. I can work in the kitchen or something. Mm-hmm. But I never actually did. And uh, I, it's funny that like years later, I'm you know I'm not tied to St. Arnold's, but I'm tied into the craft beer. Right. You know, it went years without me even, you know. I mean, I would have a craft beer here and there, but it wasn't like I wasn't as into it as I was when I was younger. Right. You know? I went from like craft beer into like, you know, uh, like regular bars. And I, I got found my passion into food. That's mm-hmm. when I, I went to culinary school and I started doing all this. And then uh, from there, I went to the it's like straight cocktail, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so the craft cocktail scene. And I learned, you know, from from guys like, you know, Justin Ware and. And the people at Johnny's and mm-hmm. Patrick Avalos, who you know I was working with at Night Shift, mm-hmm. and they opened up my eyes a lot more to that industry, and they taught me a lot from there. But now that like, you know, you can be a fan from the outside and and have an understanding of like beverage, you know, and now like you know working with you and working with uh with Dave, you guys give me more of the insight of like what's going on with beer and mm-hmm. the whole world that. I thought I knew a little bit of, but mm-hmm. I had no idea how deep it is and mm-hmm. how, how just how united they are, you know, like how breweries, like everybody goes and visits each other's brewery and they, you know, have drinks almost the same thing as in like, you know, the bar scene and the cocktail scene, people go and support each other at bars, but you know, it, there is a slight difference, you know, there, there's people that like just dive bars and then there's people that like craft cocktails and then there's people that kind of like just beverage in general, sure. you know? So now seeing that, in the uh in the craft brewer you know craft beer world like um it's a whole lot different things right, and, and, right. and i did not know like how deep it was mm-hmm. you know uh but it's very cool you know getting to understand it more from you and from dave and like people that you guys know and the people you've you've recently introduced me to and that i'm getting to know a little bit better uh and getting an understanding of like like the the whole um, like the unions and and the the pink boots, mm-hmm. it, what is it? Yeah, the again? pink boots society. Yeah, like all these things that are going. I'm like, man, that's really badass. You know, I know the bars have the USBG, but this is kind of like very similar. Yeah, yeah. You know, but there's like one for women and mm-hmm. one for for gentlemen, and and then there's one for everybody. So I I love that. You know, I wish there was more of that in food. Mm-hmm. Or if there is, I haven't come across. You know, mm-hmm. haven't came across. Uh, but 
it's really badass to to see that. Um, Dave's calling you right now. <laughs> uh, sorry, I gotta answer this, guys. Hello. Okay. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'll 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 be there and in a little bit I'll meet you guys up. Also, by the way, I just want to let you know that uh, your your voice is not sounding right now, but you are in the podcast as we're recording. You're in the podcast right now while they, while me and Jorge are recording. So I just want to give you give you that while when you do listen to it and you hear the <laughs> and you hear the Dave's calling me. Let me answer this right now while we're recording. <laughs> All right. We were just talking about you. We were just talking about you. We were like, man, this guy here, if he only knew the story about the legend of Dave, you know? But yeah, I'll see you later on, man. Let us let us uh let's get back to it and, and I'll swing by in a little bit. Seven thirty or seven over there? I think it's seven. It's seven, I believe. All right. Okay, cool. I'll see you there. All right. We're definitely not going to edit that out. <laughs> Perfect. What an awkward moment, you know? <laughs> I think it's just indicative. No, nah, no, nah, it's fine. Um, it's just, it's funny. And I just did it because, you know, I wanted to put Dave on the spot. So if anybody <laughs> has complaints about the podcast, please email Dave at. <laughs> you got to you gotta always be ready, man. You always got to yeah. be ready. No, no, for sure. And this is the cool thing about the podcast is like, you know, I like to keep it as raw as possible. You know, I never try to edit anything. And and the only things I do edit is when I hear like a, a big pop or a sound like that. Sure. Just because I want people to see that we're not full of shit, you right. know? And like right now, like we're working while we're not there, you yeah, know? So absolutely. There's no days off in this industry, man. So. And talking about kind of like the industry itself, it's, well, yeah, that's kind of like the thing that we're headed to after this is the, the guild meeting, which is where all the, the big kind of like brewery people here in town get together. So that's a great place to network and meet people and, you know, put names and faces together. It's like all these breweries and uh, you just kind of know the breweries and you mm-hmm. know the beer, but really until you get to know the people uh, behind the scenes um, or, or like us, you know, front lines, you know, we're, we're there every day. So there's definitely some breweries that handle it that way. That's uh, one of the things that I like about working with you guys is that, you know, uh, you're hands on just like me, you yep. know, and, and we're out there and we're always making sure that we get feedback from whoever's there visiting us, whether they're eating or drinking, you know, we always want to know what's going on with people and we always want to make sure that, you know, we, uh, we accommodate as best as we can within reason, you know, to make sure that everybody has a great time there. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, so what has been, uh, some of the challenges for you working in the industry? Uh, well, the challenge and ultimately, I guess, um, I guess the biggest benefit too is, is, you know, the balance between, you know, work life balance, um, and just time management. So it's, it's more of like a lesson really in real time than it is a challenge because you're kind of just going through the motions, you're at work. And for me, it's always felt like okay you know the more i'm there the more i'm able to put in the more i can actually accomplish versus when you know it's like uh man i want to finish this project but really i should just go home and relax i got laundry i gotta do i got some things i gotta do at home as well i I do want to you know touch on that i do notice that breweries are more like family oriented kind of for some you know i i don't know that's just how i feel Mm -hmm. i also feel that you know it's um it's not a crazy late crowd. So, and then the other thing is that the, uh, the holidays don't really affect it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like working in the restaurant or working, working in a, at a bar, mm-hmm. the holidays are, you're still kind of working. Yep. You're still there. You're yep. still, you know, so it pulls you a little bit away from family. Right. And with, with breweries, it, I feel like it doesn't, I feel like you're like, we can still, you know, yeah. take some time to be with family. Absolutely. You know, we don't have to be as open as late. And, which it's not an issue at all, but I just feel like, you know, it has more of like family values. Sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, on top of that, too, it's, you know, it's your dedication of service is, I think, the other one that uh, is the opposite side of that. So, again, like the work life 
the balance of it all between you know working in real time and really just trying to balance your own time um a couple of years ago over at holler brewing company like you know thanksgiving is a big day for families and it's a big opportunity as well in business so it's like all the breweries kind of just shut down and then nobody has anywhere else to go and if you just happen to be the one brewery that's open you're probably gonna get busy um so i know of a couple breweries that did it they were busy and uh yeah if people do you know it's crazy that it is true like people do tend to uh spend time with family and then like probably like four hours later they're like all right right. we need to get the fuck out of (laughs) here because we're gonna kill each other we're gonna (laughs) either that or uh, they bring them there with them and it's like look if like this is kind of like either showing them around the park like hey this is what i do this is where i go they want to meet them uh you end up getting a lot of regulars uh in very casual conversations over you know you can i can make a, a beer in a conversation stretch as long as it needs to uh, and that's how you end up building that connection. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to bring my family. I want you to meet my, my cousins, my sister, my my parents. Um, and it's just a cool community feeling. It's once, once you get somebody to sit down, like my whole thing is like, you know, once they sit down at the bar, it's like, it's done. Like if I don't have their name and if I haven't built a connection, then I really just, I, regardless of how much beer I sold, I failed. Like yeah. I, I need to make that connection. Yeah, I need to it, make that a returning person. It's, it's kind of like bars as well, you know, like, you know, uh, whether it's a dive bar or a cocktail bar, like people go there to like, just either get away and let it be a little bit of vacation or paradise for that moment. Exactly. Uh, but it also is to kind of, it's like a haircut where you like, mm-hmm. you talk to your barber and you kind of like share some things. And, sure. I mean, they're working, you know, cutting your hair, but they're also kind of just there to listen to you. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And I feel like same thing in in in, uh, in bars and and breweries, like uh, even in restaurants. You know, uh, when you're in front of somebody that's kind of, you could say, entertaining you or sure. not, or just there, you know, it builds that you build that conversation with them. You know, because you don't want to ignore a person. No, because you never know what they're going through. Yeah. So it builds that. Hey, let's talk over a beer, or hey, let's talk over a drink, or let's talk and, over a meal. And, and to be even more critical, it's you know you never want to ignore anyone. Uh, also, just just for in general best practice, is if you have anybody coming through the door, it lets them know if like you're addressing them and saying hey, you know, right away, lets them know that they got eyes. Like you know, people are there, people are working. Yeah. You can't just walk in and walk out like a grocery store and nobody's yep. gonna bother you. Um, but again, it's a dedication to service and, uh, just, I like that there seems to be, you know, kind of like an evolution happening or, you know, there's, there's some kind of like wave where people are becoming more, more, well, I I guess the pandemic really helped kind of put the spotlight on the, on the restaurant and bar industry where people were just like, yeah, you know, service people matter, you know, they're, they're real people. Sure. They get paid hourly. Sure. They get paid mostly by tips. But their profession is just as challenging as anybody else's. And I think it's really almost even a little bit more important uh, being selfish about it. But uh, service is, is almost a, is a dying art at this point. Uh, it, you see the self-checkouts. You're not really talking to anybody anymore. Yeah. Uh, you're not having the cashier slip you the coupon for that one thing you didn't know was on sale. You know, that's that's that cool part. It's like, hey, all right. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you for looking yeah. out. Uh, yeah, that... that um, that self checkout machine don't give a damn about that. <laughs> it's like a touch and scan. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, just just keep it moving. But uh, the, hu- the human connection matters, and, and and you know we're all humans. We're all going through our own lives, and, and we all got our things that we got to deal with. But that's also you know the strength and the downfall of the industry as well is yeah. you know how professional is your team and checking everything at the door and coming to work and really just putting the customer first or the guest first uh, as we like to call them. Now let's skip aside from all the yeah. corporate and <laughs> all that. But uh, the one thing I was going to say was, um, was um, it's interesting. Uh, I do like that the bear has stirred up a lot of conversations for people, yeah. and people are really getting into it. I still have yet to see it. I'm actually going to let it wait until like maybe season two comes up, and then I'll binge watch the first one and then jump right into number two. Okay. Kind of like that's that's kind of like my approach. Like same way I did Game of Thrones oh, was shit. I let it go a couple of seasons, and then like I was just like binging it right until like the new one was coming out. Um, just because it's I like to be able to do that. I don't really yeah. care to have to just all right. I'm up. I'm hooked for next week. I'm just over here fiending for it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would like to see, you know, if, if the bear is able to do that for like the kitchen and, you know, a restaurant, um, I think 
uh, something more surreal for like the bars and breweries would be very awesome as opposed to what I keep hearing about is like cheers, you know, or friends where it's or oh, always sunny in Philadelphia. It's <laughs> there like was it's a, kind of big, these shows that I've never even seen myself. There was one time I came across a like comedy show that it was about a brewery. They were uh, at a brewery. It was like, was it on Netflix? Yeah. Was it a, what's his name's little brother? Like one of these big actors trying to be, I, I think it was in Chicago as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I, think yeah, yeah. I think I saw the same. It one. was, it was funny and yeah, stupid, yeah, but yeah. you know, Frank, I, I think it was Franco's little brother. It's, yeah. Whatever his name is. Franco's little brother. So. I, I didn't I didn't uh I didn't see it go further, you know, but uh but it was funny, you know, so it was un, you know, it it was interesting to see it. Um what are what's what's some of the things that you've you know uh some of the connections you've made, some of the friendships you made over time with this and and uh and like how's it going with that? Sure. Um like I've made, I've made some lifelong friends, um, in, in the industry or even at starting at St. Arnold, you know, it's, um, go back to my first, well, even, even further back, back to where I started in the industry was, uh, flipping tables over at Papacitos. So a uh, shout out to, uh, Tacos Bomberos. Isaac was actually my uh, third trainer and, uh, yeah, I had never he trained you. He was my third trainer. So you go through like a couple different trainers. You go through phase one, phase two, phase three, where they kind of give you more of the role and the lead on, on that. So it's like your first training shift, you're kind of just like shadowing. You're there just watching with your eyes and you're just there to help your second one. Like you're carrying trays, you know, you're identifying food in the kitchen. You're looking at, you know, bringing in some stuff here and there. Like they give you a little bit more to play with. And the third one, it's like, all right, cool. You need to know your subs. You need to know the menu. You need to be able to push in everything on the point of sale. You need to be able to walk the tables and like be able to, you know, keep up with as you get triple sat, you know, it's, Kind of just where was this at Papacitos? Okay, so yeah, he rolled my ass pretty hard. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, I'm grateful for it. Like, it was, he was, what did he teach you? Um, just you know, it's like, hey, take a look. Like, all of a sudden, all your other tables are you know triple set. You got, uh, you need to hit them with waters. You need to hit them with greets. I was like, this table's ready to order. Like, they're looking around, like looking for you already. It's like you need to pick it up. Like, you need to pick up the pace. So it was like, all right, hechale la chinga. You know, it's like get into it, get into the zone, and really just be able to execute. Um, and then at the end of it, it's like, okay, it's all over. And it's just like coming down from the high of just like the adrenaline rush. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I got my start. I'm always very grateful for, uh, Papacitos. I was there 11 months and, um, yeah. Then after that, I went into corporate, did that for a few years and then came back to St. Arnold working in St. Arnold, man, like. We, we we had the like the luxurious life because at that point like we're the biggest brewery in Houston. I think Carbach was still open, but I don't think they were doing as well as as St. Arnold was at that point. Like we had people lining up, sitting down outside the beer hall before we even opened. You know, it's like they bring in their own chairs, they bring in all their own things, and it's just this is pretty much ingrained in people's like traditions at that point. Uh, and just shout out to the old whole like uh, beer hall team like that we had. Um, we were getting paid, I think, ten an hour. Oh shit! Yeah, we were getting paid ten an hour, which is about which is ahead of its time. Um, and then shortly after I was there, um, during the time I was there, I mean, well, they started. We started. We changed, uh, I think, to toast, and then we started getting tips. And then that's when we actually started getting a lot more money. So uh, we had we had a clutch schedule. We had uh, lunch service during the week, so like I want to say like eleven to four. And then you shut down, and then more than likely a private event at night. So private events definitely are where it's at. Um, you have all these kind of like real, real real estate companies that come in and do happy hours or you know late night parties or whatever. Um, so it's easy lunch service, private events at night. If you didn't do lunch, you'd probably work the event. And then going into the weekend, Saturdays were easy. Same thing. Like all the nights are pretty much taken up with private events. So it was it was yeah solid and. That's um, then once the beer garden opened up, then yeah, going over to the beer garden it side changed the whole thing. Now you said uh, Carbach, so Carbach was was closed at a point or what? No, I think that's. Uh, remember they just uh, had just opened up. Uh, I want to say maybe like twenty twelve. They they weren't that that uh, yeah, that old. Busy. Yeah, they were small. Still, you know, they yeah. have food trucks and all that outside. And then like, do they still have that or do they have a kitchen now? I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. Um, and then it's been a long time now, but like you know. Hats off to them. Like at, at the at the time, whenever they sold to Anheuser Busch, like a lot of the craft beer community was like really upset, and uh, I think because they were worried that you know 
the last thing they want to see is all these other small breweries selling. But really, you know, Anheuser-Busch and all these other, you know, big brands, these macro brands, I think realize that the dent that they were making that these breweries are making on the market and realize that if you don't diversify your portfolio at least a little bit, that you're not going to be able to, you know, get back some of this money that you're losing. So they went out and made some strategic purchases and Carbock happened to be one of them. What were the other ones? Um, just if you like Goose Goose Island, like Goose Island was one of the first ones to oh, like in Chicago, right? Yeah, um, you know, barrel aged beer that was like a big one. A, a big book came out like maybe a couple of years ago. It was like barrel aged beer stouts or something like that. Um, I didn't know that Goose Island sold, man. Yeah, that was a long time. I, that ago. That was a really good beer too. That that I I, I was one of the first ones that I would drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was really into like Brooklyn mm-hmm. Lager mm-hmm. and and uh, what else? Uh, I was into Brooklyn. I was into I was Goose Island. Um, and there was a few of oh, Stone. Yeah, I remember the first time I tried the Double Arrogant Bastard. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, it was cool. <laughs> it, it caught me off guard. You know? Yeah, I didn't um, expect it. You know, so the trick with getting people into IPAs um, have you have you heard about it? No. So you know, IPAs are like really kind of like disgusting, and they're hoppy and they're bitter, and it's really hard to get somebody brand new into IPAs. Rampus uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> from from Beer Fest was like, if you can drink Rampus, you can drink anything. <laughs> Did you ever watch that? I watched it. I watched it. I watched it actually a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, but the trick is, you actually go with uh, like a triple IPA or a very higher abv ipa and then that brings you down to under to like be able to tolerate something a little bit well if it's because there's there's more sugars there's more residual sugars like it's going to be a sweeter ipa because there's more alcohol the alcohol you know converts all the sugars into alcohol mm-hmm. or the yeast does um so you're going to have a lot more sweetness that's going to uh balance out the maltiness usually and the hoppiness so it's like you have a better rounded dish as opposed to having just a bitter bite you know whenever you're drinking a regular ipa so you start them off as high ABV as possible, and then you work them back down from, like, a triple to a double to a single. And then that's kind of, like... It's basically, like, give them a shot before you give them a cocktail. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or the other way around. It's, like, give them something sweeter. You know, give them, a, a, you know, some kind of whiskey smash or whiskey sour, and then work them back down just to whiskey. Okay. Um, so it's, like, all these extra sweetness and balancing notes, really. Um, but so well, in my experience, that's, that's what's worked for, for the beers right now, a local group, mm-hmm. you know, um, for somebody that's not into craft beer, mm-hmm. what would be the introduction beer for them? Uh, you know, best way to start for me has always been, you know, go lighter, go with, you know, Mexican lager we have on tap right yeah. now. Um, or, you know, you kind of just ask them questions. It's, you try to, you know, do this beer journey and kind of like, Hey, what do you like? Beer journeys. Yeah. Beer journeys. <laughs> that's, that's an old school term right there, but <laughs> We're definitely um, removing that. Uh, well, we're, we're, <laughs> I'm, I'm we're gonna we're gonna evolve it. You know, I <laughs> <Yeah>. think <laughs> I think um, with the ability to have a mixed beverage and to be able to do cocktails as well, it's like that's definitely gonna force the conversation not to be about the journey of it anymore. It's gonna be more about like, okay, what is it that you want? You know, get really down to the nitty gritty of what is it that sounds refreshing to you right now, or what is it that you want to enjoy? What do we give you? Do we give you, you know, the mm-hmm. fine dining? Do we give you, mm-hmm. you know, right? Exactly. Do we give you dive bar style? Exactly. Yeah, so. And so, um, funny, funny enough, it's like okay, well, you end up getting a lot of frequently asked questions in the in the craft beer bars. So if you talk to bartenders or beer tenders, um, which is a term I really don't like. But Because uh, Dina was asking me that the other day. She was like, so what do you call them? I was like, I'm, I'm guessing bartenders. She's like, let me Google it. She's like, well, it says, you know, that they're they're sommeliers. I'm like, no, they're no, not no, sommeliers. No. Nah. Um, nah, it's, it's a bartender role because you're still tending the bar. You're still serving alcohol. And just because it's limited to beer in certain places, I think kind of takes away from what that role really does, though. But it's like you're building connection which is the biggest thing that you're selling is the connection. Um, I think a perfect term would be tap grabbers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yankers, tap yankers. Um, But I feel like I I digressed. What was the... (laughs) Uh, The introduction of beers and... and, and Sure. uh, Oh, so yeah. So it's like people come up. It's like, you know, I'm not a big craft beer drinker for whatever reason. They always say a big craft beer drinker. And it's like, okay, well, let's take it back. If you're at a bar, what are you drinking? It doesn't have to be beer. Oh, vodka soda. Oh, okay. So it's like here's a Topo Chico. Yeah. <laughs> Start with that. Let's get you some bubbles going. Um, I was like, okay, how about something else? A little bit more, you know, 
do you go more whiskey? Do you go more wine? You know, this and that. And uh, I remember I sold a lady one time on uh, a raspberry AF, well, tart beer, a Berliner Weiss. Um, she was, I was like, well, you know, what do you like? And I was like, you like lemonade? She was like, oh, yeah, I love lemonade. I was like, okay. So I started pouring it. And I was like, well, this ain't lemonade, but it's like the closest thing I got. So just poured it to her, gave it to her, and like kind of just cracked the joke. And <laughs> she, she drank it all night after that. All right. So when Christina and I first started going on like dates and stuff, we went to a, I was still very into craft beer. So we went to a craft beer festival they did here in Houston. It was at George R. Brown. Oh, okay. Okay. I think I know it. And they only did it once and they didn't do it again. Yeah. I volunteered. For, was it a food pairing as well in that? No, nah, I don't think so. But I know they were having a margarita festival outside, you know, and that was shit compared to the craft beer one. But man, I got like, <laughs> so the guy, Christian, the one that I told you, Christian said in that, uh, you know, that was one of the people that I knew that kind of taught me more about craft beer mm-hmm. and over the years and stuff. Uh, I ran into him there and mm-hmm. he's a good friend of mine. Uh, he gave me like an, a punch card that had not been punched. Right. And he's like, here you go. Go off, man. Dude, I got so fucking lit there. Yeah. No, the, the, uh, <laughs> and the there were samples, man. Like they weren't even like full yep. fours. They weren't even like half fours. They were just tasters. You there know? was one that happened maybe a few years before that. Where, uh, yeah, it's the same type, same deal. They invite all the the breweries. And yeah. I, there were breweries I'd never even known of, and so it's like I went with my brother. We go over there, and yeah, we're getting pretty lit. Like it's Dude. just off of samples. So just Christina had never really drank craft beers, and I was like, look, and she doesn't really drink, so I was like, here you go. Like, and she's like, no, this tastes nasty. I'm like, no, man, this one tastes like coffee. And she's like, man, this doesn't shit. This shit doesn't taste like coffee. Like she just kept not liking it, but she kept trying stuff. So she was just as buzzed as I was. Yeah, and. Uh, Funny thing, we come across St. Arnold's again. So St. Arnold's had a, like a little chapel thing going mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. and they married us. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> That's what we were dating. Yeah, and I think they're actually, um, one of the guys there is actually ordained. So, yeah, they, <laughs> so they am I. That. Yeah. I am I, too. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah, so, hey, man, you're planning on getting married. I got you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next question, next question. <laughs> that, was, that, that laugh was like, huh, <laughs> <laughs> It's all good, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So at the festival, uh, Juicy J headlined it. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and at that time, like the most random ass yeah. dude to be there. Like, so it's like I ran to some friends, and I was like, uh, you know, I hadn't put two and two together. It's like it's like Juicy J. The name sounds familiar, but I really don't recall like any singles. You're like, you what, what 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 beer is this, Juicy yeah. J? <laughs> that's a very yeah. That's and uh, of course yeah, just ended up being a great show. <laughs> Shit. Well, talking about Juicy J, what are some of the uh, the music you listen to while you're either at work or, or you know, trying to like I know we're doing a uh, sign and disco this yeah, weekend. Yeah, so, sign and disco this weekend. Um, what some of the some of the music you like to listen to and, or, um, or gets you into you know like your groove, your your focus while you're at work. Yeah, sure. No, definitely more hip hop forward than anything else. Rap, hip hop. Um, really enjoy reggaeton, and then. Uh, just kind of just going back to the roots of just like uh, jazz, you know, contemporary jazz. I'm not sure if are you familiar with Bad Bad Not Good? Mm, no, I don't think so. Check them out. Uh, they play them every now and then over at Johnny's as well. Uh, but wait, the local is a local band? No. no, no, no. It's just a smaller band, but they they've done tours in the U.S. And well, that's what that. I'm saying. It's it's a band, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they were there when uh when we when I did the uh, anniversary with them back in. Uh, I want to say 2019 we did the Johnny's I think third or fourth anniversary fourth I believe mm. and they were they were playing while we were out there selling food Christina and I. Oh, okay yeah. okay so I think I yeah I know who you're talking about yeah um and then I just I love jazz man I yeah. play sax oh yeah yeah I have yeah. one in there yeah yeah now, I played piano growing up and oh, then shit. so yeah what does Dave play that way we can start a band there <laughs> Morgan <laughs> plays actually oh shit what does he play yeah uh, I don't want to be wrong on the instrument, but it's definitely a brass. So okay. it's definitely like, uh, I think it's trombone probably, but, um, yeah, I think he, and they also, I think he also plays the piano as well. Oh shit. Yeah. Man of many talents, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. People be sleeping on Morgan, man. That's the way he likes it. Morgan, Dude, Morgan he... is just, you know, he's like fly on the wall, man. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Like he really is. I'm I'm shocked, man. I'll talk to him every now and then. He says something. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, what the fuck? Shout out to Morgan, man. Uh, Shout out to the coolest motherfucker <laughs> out there, man. For sure, man. That guy is a G. Like, uh, just 
you know, and, and kind of just getting to know and, and getting to the He walks history. into the brewery like he owns it, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, he does, he does. <laughs> uh, nah, man, just over the years, you know, just getting to know, just same thing with Dave is getting to know both of them a lot better over time. And it's just like, man, he's some cool cats. And just Morgan's like the chillest, man, chillest is it, dude. Is it wrong? Like, I'm supposed to record with Dave next. Is it wrong if I just, like, skip Dave and then go straight to Morgan and then bring back Dave at the end? Or sure. should I save I the mean, best for last? <laughs> honestly it's like uh i want to be here for the one with morgan for sure you know it's like nothing wrong uh it's like i spent a lot of time with with dave already it's like yeah just be able to get morgan on the mic and just, i'm gonna be like all right morgan you know uh so i hear you play jazz he's like oh you know a little something and then boom, boom pulls out the instrument out. let's go dude well you start talking shit about your sax playing man watch out <laughs> he's hey. like you call that <laughs> he'll be shocked man he'll be like you know what I say we sell the brewery, the brewery and go on tour together. <laughs> Honestly, it's like it'd be cool to give him like a uh, like another persona to take on and just kind of see how Look, he takes it. I'm off gonna tell that. everybody's. I'm gonna tell y'all Morgan's weakness right now. I I know it. Okay, I know it. Nobody else knows this, but I know it. If you ever want to get Morgan, you get on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't know that he's probably eating it already like three times in your food. <laughs> At Man, least I always tell him I was like, oh, You were there when I told him I was like Oh the dish has mushrooms He fucking froze right away He's like what Nah uh, It reminds me of like My little cousin Like growing up Like he doesn't uh, He probably still doesn't like cheese Even though he Started oh, senior year today uh, He didn't like He didn't like cheese But he liked macaroni and cheese And I was like Alright So there's enough Clauses and exception in this That we can definitely Make something work Mark The one that That I used to work with At uh, At Night Shift uh he's now at a better look tomorrow he would always order like food but he'd be like no cheese and i'm like why are you like lactose he's like nah man it's just my sister gave me a lot of macaroni growing up he was like i can't fucking eat it anymore Dude, that's funny because that's my cousin's name as well as mark <laughs> oh, shit. yeah man well this one's filipino nah, <laughs> well, i'd been confused with filipino before as well oh, shit so, um, so let's talk about the uh, Silent Disco, man. What do we got going on? Yeah, Silent Disco is going to be a fun little project. Well, this whole thing to me is just like a fun little project. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just, and, and I'm looking at it as a creative canvas. Like, you know, it's super excited to be able to, in the future, have cocktails alongside of your magnificent food. And Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're, you're kicking ass, man. Uh, Thank you. Along with, you know, being able to brew our own beer and anything in between. Uh, super excited about all that. And uh, to me, it's 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 a personal project of mine to make that place fun and exciting as well. So just to be able to say, hey, doors are open. This is what we got isn't really good enough for me. I definitely want to make it more interactive. So Silent Disco is definitely an easy way for me to be able to kind of just also go back to my roots and uh you know just growing up with my dad and like listening to all this music that he had and whenever we'd have the parties he'd like be able to switch music and play different vibes and all that and so i caught on to that i actually started djing back in high school so i think through from 16 to like 18 i did a couple of gigs nice uh still have all the equipment as well and you know every now and then it's like ah, i kind of want to dust it off and get back in there and try it on but uh, then I think about like, oh man, the fucking hours of downloading shit on LimeWire and yeah, converting now, U- now YouTube it's easier, to MP4. Man. Now it's easier. Like you just. I'm worried about now is that my equipment's just outdated and like I wouldn't be able to like stream all the yeah. playlists that I need and the, yeah. the things wouldn't work. Like I know my mixer's already having problems, so I'd have to get that fixed up. And it was a beautiful mixer. I still love it. Um, but. So, yeah, so with with Silent Disco, it's kind of something like that where I'm going to be controlling three different channels of three different, like, music genres and trying to create three different vibes through each of the headsets. So have you ever done a Silent Disco? No, I've never done it before. No, it's cool. Uh, It's fun, and it's, like, just pretty low-key as well. But um, it's, you know, just hanging out and talking to people, and then you're looking at all the colors that everybody's on, and you see three different colors, red, green, blue. And then you'll see certain kinds of head nodding or you'll see, you know, somebody on a table dancing or oh, shit. you'll hear like singing or you'll see lips moving. So it's like, are oh, you switch- you're just kind of switching through the colors and kind of like matching with the vibe, the one that you like. And then you kind of just go from there. I, I, I from my understanding, I heard Morgan's going to do a couple splits in front of people. Hey, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. What other events we got going on, man? Uh, So we also have like a uh, run happening like uh, September 2nd. That's coming up. 
next month on a Friday. Uh, that'll be late night along with like a, a market there at the end. Um, and then going off kind of like September, October, man, I get super excited because it's like it's almost automatic mode. The weather lightens up. Um, and then typically with breweries, you do Oktoberfest. Um, we'll see what we do because it's like, again, I want to be more creative than just yeah. Oktoberfest. Um, so I'm sure once pretzel everything, man. Yeah, <laughs> dude, don't even say pretzel. People talk, bring that shit up all the time there. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, you know, might be, maybe for like, you know, a, a slow month or something, be, be able to bring on a pretzel and be like, here's what you asked for. Now come and get it. You know, it's, <laughs> you only got one day to have it <laughs> <laughs> a pretzel thon or something. And we bought it at Sam's. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this weekend when the guy's like man the food's really great i'm like yeah man they sell it at sam's yeah. he's he like what <laughs> yeah it's all costco brand i'm always fucking with people man um no i mean i i love the changes we've made so far uh you know walking in there when i walked in there for the first time you know i saw a lot of potential mm-hmm. you know and 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 seeing it at first when we walked in it was like man there's this is we're taking on a project mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people here Mm-mm. we basically have to you know uh, pick up, you know, and bring up the business sure. from where it is. Yep. And then also on top of that, I feel like, you know, I, I felt we need to approach it a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, when they think brewery, think the same food, mm-hmm. they think the same atmosphere, they think the same beer. And I was like, okay, we have to approach it differently. And I was, you know, I always tell my staff, I said, you know, the key thing here is people are going to come here to drink. Mm-hmm. But let's keep them here a little bit longer with the food, mm-hmm. you know. So when they come here to have a drink, let's have them stay and enjoy the rest of their day with the food. So, you know, the, our and our job here is to make sure that we keep them in those seats. Right. We make sure that they eat and they enjoy every bite. And if they want to continue to have a couple more drinks, they can. Right. You know, and and it's not like, hey, I'm buzzed and I'm ready to go mm-hmm. or like I'm here. The food sucks. I want to go eat somewhere else. Right. So it, it was very important for me to do that, to make sure that anybody that came in through that door can be like, well, I don't really like beer, but they do have wine. But I'm really just hungry. I'm not really here to right. drink. They can have that. Right. But if they're in there for a beverage, we can accommodate that sure. too. And I think it's it's part of the evolution of, of craft beer here in Houston. I think right now in Houston, we're going through an evolution in the bar industry as well, where it's like, you know, there's more neighborhoods getting more of that neighborhood feel. Um, and so now you're seeing, you know, the craft cocktails come in and being able to help with that connection as far as breweries as well. And so and and that's very important for me. Like you, you touched on the word neighborhood. That's mm-hmm. very important for me. You know, I always say, you know, it doesn't matter where we go and where we open a business or where we take over a business. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is we have to respect the neighborhood. Yep. We and have to accommodate them first because they are our patrons first before any outsiders. You know, people can travel from anywhere. But the ones there are the ones that are going to see us every day. Yep. And we want to make sure that we accommodate them and that they feel like there is not a drastic change. I want them to go in there and feel like, oh, cool, like I can relate to this. Right. This isn't some business that's just coming in and trying to, you know, hop in the market first and take everybody's money, True. you know, like and, push and, us out. And, you know? and that's the opportunity that you get with every single person that walks in. You know, it's treating everybody because they do matter mm-hmm. and because you know you want to talk to them and yeah if they've been a neighbor in that neighborhood for a long time it's like yeah well hey we're you know we're excited to be here and we want to be able to you know cater to what your needs are as well yeah. um and then uh the other thing man it's uh, i i i love what you guys have done with you know the trivia night and mm-hmm. like it's a big like from day to night change you know or from night to day how people say it uh from when we first, before we even opened the kitchen, to when we opened the kitchen, mm-hmm. to where we are now. it's I catch myself like... Man, I'm shocked. Dude. Yeah, I catch myself standing in the corner and looking out, and I'm just like, man, like, we've already kind of really changed up a lot there. Um, so I'm super excited to be I'm, able to see. I'm shocked to see how many people come in for trivia night. Like, mm-hmm. we have a packed house. We also have, you know... Uh, the weekends, man, I'm I'm very shocked to see. Mm-hmm. You know, They're growing. It's it's and the mentality that I came in with was, look, I had done this over at Holler. Like, we we took a very aggressive approach during the uh, pandemic pa- pandemic to reopen and be able to put beer in people's hands. So, um, have you heard this story about putting beer in plastic cups for it to go? No. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, at Holler, we only had a lease within the doors so any beer that we sold outside we were in part of this art district uh, campus if mm-hmm. you will so you could walk around with your beer to go 
and go visit like art, all these studios and stuff. So uh, it says, opposed to waiting for like the art studios, you know, there's a bunch of murals and all these other things that the, the artists kind of control their own schedules as far as when they're open. So it's like, well, we're on this campus and it's like, we're not in central business district Houston. Like in, in the Heights, you can walk around with the beer anyway. Uh, so yeah, we kind of just started pouring beer. We labeled it like beer to go. And it's like, yeah, Hey, look, I can't have you inside of my establishment, but outside of my establishment, like you're taking your beer wherever you want. And there just happened to be picnic tables at this, at this park out there. It's like, all right, cool. And then Uh, I've, 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 you know, I've seen, I've went there and I saw Koi barbecue out there and I saw how long people waited in line for them, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I saw all those all, the, all those movements. I've seen Tacos Bomberos sell food there, mm-hmm. and now they're there all the time. You know, I uh, it's cool to see, like, when you see people grow and they become a bigger business than what they were, mm-hmm. you know? That's pretty awesome. I, I've seen it at Johnny's in the Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, seeing the, you know, the progress over here at the brewery mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, how many people are there for trivia night? How many people are there now for, for, you know, the $10 pizzas mm-hmm. and the steak nights are picking up, you know, and just these past weekends, man, seeing how busy it's been. Yeah. Like I'm shocked, man. Yep. <laughs> Saturday, shocked. Saturday was fun. Like it was, it was nice uh, being in the shit again, you know, yeah. just, and, and that wasn't even what and I it was. Call it wasn't shit. even <laughs> just that. Like it, it, <laughs> it was that. And then the next day it was mm-hmm. like, boom, mm-hmm. we got it again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it was awesome, and it's a great feeling to see, you know, that we're picking up business. We're able to pay, you know, you know, open up new jobs for people, bringing mm-hmm. in people to pick up a job, and then also provide for those jobs for the people that that are there already, and yep. give them those hours, and be able to say, hey, you know what? It's not slow. Right. You can stick around and make some money. You know. Absolutely. And uh, that's awesome, man. I just I can't stop, you know, thinking about how awesome it's grown. Yeah. And. Yet, once we become a brew pub, how much more we're going to be able right. to, to, you know, accommodate people. Because there's and a lot of people that are like, oh, I just don't really drink beer. Mm-hmm. I like cocktails or I like wine. I like this. And we're slowly getting there. You know, once we get, you know, our our, uh, our permits, man, we're, we'll be ready to roll, man. Oh, yeah, and, for and sure. I'm sure that we will we will make a difference in that neighborhood for yeah, sure. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, that's the goal for us. It's let's make a change. And, and, and my goal is really to uh, still come at it from the brewery side. It's I'm looking to elevate the brewery scene here in town. Like when I took on this journey back in 2015 and I remember I was talking to one of my good friends from St. Arnold. I was like, hey, it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to be in this industry to kind of in, evoke some change. You know, it's at, at this point, too, uh, you know, as far as craft breweries go, most of the teams, you know, most breweries are uh, male owners as opposed to female. We're starting to see a lot more female owners. Yeah. Uh, shout outs to Belson. Shout out to Julie uh, Holler. Uh, yeah, Julie over at True Anomaly. Like, just a lot of people, a lot of, you know, women empowerment. I think that's great in general, not even just for the craft breweries. Uh, but then also, it's like uh, you want to see more than, than more diversity yeah. as far as the people that are working. You know, bringing up Julie, like, I was so fascinated the other day how. You know, she was just like, I saw her from a distance, you know, she was there. I went to go say hi to her and I saw that she had a book and it was just, you know, it was, it was all about craft beer and she was just like studying, man. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself like that, she's going to make it up there to yeah. be like a head brewer one day, yeah. you know, and I I can see it and I can see that when she does, she's going to kick ass, yep. you know? So, uh, shouts out to her. Shouts out to Chris Roy at Winnie's. Man. Well, think about, think about, uh, brewery production simply as another part of just you know craft cocktails it's like where you're actually creating a base ingredient or converting base ingredients into a finished product yeah so the only thing is is that with beer it just does take longer i mean essentially the the brewery side of things it is treated as a kitchen yeah so it's if you're pickling things or if you're fermenting things kind of that same process it's just a really extension of that cool 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 now before we tie things up man is there any uh any other things besides uh, the Silent Disco, the night? Uh, what is it called again? Sorry, the one you get. You we're doing the. Oh, it's gonna it's just gonna oh. be like we haven't really uh, announced what it's gonna be yet. Okay. But yeah, it's gonna be a run with the shop as well. Okay, and then we have uh, a trivia night mm-hmm. uh, every Thursday. Every Thursday. And that's that's an awesome day, man. Mm-hmm. We are full of people, packed house, and and it's it's way different than what's going on <laughs> out there for trivia. It's like I've went to a couple different trivia nights. Some of them I really had a hard time with. Man, I saw how you like. I saw the progression of that. I remember when I first started getting involved. Yep. 
you guys were hitting up these trivia nights and y'all were doing your studying, mm-hmm. you know, y'all were, y'all were watching it. And it's so cool to see how you guys do it, how y'all put on a show. And then people have a great time. Yep. I mean, I've had friends come and visit during those days and they're like, man, this is really fucking cool. Yep. I want to come back. You yep. know? And, and my thing is, it's like, I want to make it approachable as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's for everybody. Yeah. You know? It's so. great that if, if you want to study and really focus on winning, that's cool. If you want to get that competitive edge off of you, go. Cool. If you just want to go and have a good time and casually play, yeah. you could still win. Like we've had multiple people go from second to last to second place. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to send a shout out before we call it off? Uh, just, no, not off the top of my head, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate you coming out, taking the time for sitting down and recording so people can get to know a little bit better about you, sure. uh, see all the things we have in store and all the things that we get to, to do there. I uh, look forward to working with you, man, for, for many more, hopefully many more years to come. Yeah, uh, super excited as well. And uh, future projects that, w- that you've mentioned and we've talked about. Um, the last question I w- would always ask people, you know, because – you know, at the time I was doing tacos and I would always say, well, what's your ideal taco? What would you have on it? How would you build it? Mm-hmm. Now, recently we've had a lot of favorite, you know, people talk so well about the pizza there. So I want to approach it this way. If sure. you can build your ideal pizza and yeah. put your toppings or base sauce or whatever it is, how would you approach it? I might need you to like bleep it out because I do think it's proprietary. Okay. But, um, I don't know. I'm cool with actually putting Boop. it out, putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I envisioned this, this uh pizza where it has like the perfect tasteful crispy like chicken thigh skin okay kind of like crisped up on top what if we what if we try that what if we play with it and then just like you never know i'm down like i have this envision of like just i love that piece man like like fried chicken you get that big old piece of just like fat off the chicken thigh and just super crunchy and tasteful and flavorful and just i don't know Something about that on a pizza just sounds fucking delicious. I'm going to pull that off. Yeah. What would you like as a base? Uh, Really kind of just open to it all. I okay. mean. What flavors would you like on that crispy skin? Like, or the, or like, are you thinking more of like a Mexican style with I'm, crispy I'm, skin? So more Southern, is, is, more is hot. The, um, I, I'd probably go Southern, okay. but uh, it's, it's the texture, you know, it's, it's the texture of the crispiness. Like that's kind of like what I really enjoy. And like, let's think, uh, how about a thin crust, right? Thin sure, crust pizza. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the uh, chicken skin on it to make it crispy, mm-hmm. right? Um, I would say let's approach it like a like Nashville hot pizza. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. Because when I think of uh, like fried chicken, like I do want some spice. So typically, yeah. You w- hey, September's around the corner, man. That might be the pizza. And, and I think like you know the Nashville hot chicken scene has already kind of tamed itself down. It seems like you know burgers have made their renaissance now. But the thing is that like. People do hot chicken and they just put a fuck ton of seasoning and a fuck ton of oil and it it, it it's a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I like flavor. I don't like things that are mm-hmm. too hot that you can't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, or that you can't taste anything else because it's burning your tongue or burning your palate. You know, uh, and then right now, yeah, there's a lot of people doing smash burgers. Uh, you know, uh, they're doing the burger scenes really, really uh, strong. Um, but there's there's other things coming, man. I I, I told you, we worked we're working on the sandwich. You saw it yep. and and. Uh, and I'm I'm envisioning these two cultures combined, not fusion, but just kind of like I'm right. I'm really where it's street food right now. Like, let's say I'm in this place and I really want this, but unfortunately, the only ingredients I have are from this other country. Yep. You know, so that's that's how I, I approach it. That's how I see it. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna work on that pizza for sure. Yeah, give me give me two weeks. All right, I'll have it. Cool, two well, weeks, man. For hopefully, sure. Hopefully, we can uh, taste something like that, but. Yeah, just like that texture, man. That's that crunchy skin, like that. Something about that, you know, that with like a flaky ass butter. Like I, I love fried chicken as well, man. Okay. It's, like I grew up eating Popeyes, and that's like my go-to. So it's like I don't, I don't really, you know, KFC. Sorry, you know, uh, churches. Sorry, outside of the biscuits with the honey, like I fuck with those, but Popeyes. <laughs> Popeyes biscuit, you're like dying with. <laughs> I mean, just Popeyes in general. Now, the biscuits that I that I grew up with loving though were the uh, the Red Lobster ones. The oh yeah, man, yeah, can't beat those. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, any message you want to put out there? Any positive message for anybody that wants to get into the industry or doesn't know how to approach it, or anybody that just, just has been you know kind of um, discouraged and they need that motivation and that you know those words of pick up for sure. them to come back into it. What would you say, man? Just just keep dreaming keep dreaming and anything is attainable and even if you're in a hard place it's it's 
you know, take it on as a lesson, you know, enjoy, enjoy the, the, the grittiness of it. Um, you know, it's personal challenges like that, that, you know, you'll take away a lot of on the other side of it. Uh, but it's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of things in this world that are outside of our control, but the one thing that you can do is, is kind of just maintain control in yourself. Um, I definitely pride myself on making sure that I can sleep at night. And the way I do that is by just approaching every day in a very honest manner and approaching people with honesty and sincerity. And just whenever I go to bed at night, I take a deep breath and I'm very grateful for everything and everyone that I interact with. And I'm at peace knowing that, you know, I didn't cause any harm to anybody. You know, I'm, I'm here just coexisting and just trying to put out good energy to everybody else. If you can control that, then it'll come back to you. Everybody else is going to come around that. They'll reciprocate the same kind of love that you can bring to people. And really, and talking about, like, my last little note was, like, how the importance of food. To me, food is love. When you can break bread with somebody and share a meal with them, you're essentially giving them more life because, you know, at the very science of it, you're at least giving them some more calories to intake, extending them a little bit further. But... And the uh, essence of it all, it's like, yeah, being able to, if you got a piece of bread, break it in half. You have less, but you're providing for another yeah. life there. Breaking bread. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you again, man. I appreciate you taking the time. And, I appreciate uh, you having me. Can't wait to get you back in here and recording some more. Yeah, let's do it again. All right. Thank you. Yep.